Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Ultraviolet radiation is those rays or that radiation that um, shortens people's lives. Many believe that this is what explains why people are dying sooner of skin cancer related sicknesses because that blanket is getting thinner. Uh, So what is firmament? Firmament, listen, I wrote this in my notes. Firmament is one of the greatest things that God ever made. Did y'all hear me? Firmament is one of the greatest things that God ever made. Firmament, if you're taking notes, write this down, is the air. The air. Wasn't that anticlimactic? The air. The atmosphere. The word atmosphere comes from two words, vapor, sphere. Vapor sphere. The atmosphere is a vaporous sphere of air that surrounds the earth. So God made the atmosphere. Day two, God made air. Now listen, we learned this in eighth grade. Let me have your attention. We learned this in eighth grade science class. It's probably um, fourth year college level work now. But in eighth grade, when I was going to school, this was eighth grade science stuff. We learned that the air in the atmosphere is 78%, anybody know? Nitrogen. Y'all really didn't learn this, did (laughs) y'all? The air in the atmosphere is 78% nitrogen and 21% oxygen. Nitrogen, listen, is just a little lighter than oxygen. If oxygen were lighter and nitrogen were heavier, this sanctuary will become a death trap. Don't you see how specific God is? If if nitrogen was just a little lighter, just a little lighter than oxygen, this sanctuary would become a death trap. The world would become a death trap. When you inhale, you take in oxygen and you take in nitrogen and you take in other little gases, small gases, and you exhale a bit of nitrogen And it goes up into the air. That's why, listen, remember the cold days we just had, how cold it was? And we went outside. When you go outside and you blow and the breath comes out and you notice your breath goes up. When you blow, you blow out. But the breath actually just tends to go up. Well, what is going up is because it's the nitrogen that is a little heavier than the oxygen. That's why your breath goes up. So the firmament is the atmosphere or the air. 
That is made up of nitrogen and oxygen and, again, a few other small little gases. Did you know that the earth is the only place that you will find air? Did you know that if you travel more than five miles from the earth, you will need to take a can of air with you? Did you know that? The atmosphere on the earth is not found anywhere else in the entire universe or the solar system. There are many things that we take for granted that God provides that we don't even give him thanks for. Say amen. Because you know that's right. We thank him for the food. We thank him for the food. And then we thank him for the food. And we thank him for the rain, and we thank him for our house, and we thank him for our marriage and our husbands and our wives and our children, and we thank him for this, that, and the third. But how many times do we ever wake up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you for air? Because the Bible says in him we live and move and have our being. It's because of air that you are able to wake up in the morning and give him thanks for anything. Well, you need to be clapping your hands. Give him thanks for air. Think about it. Without air, you can't breathe. Air allows you to exist. Things that make you go, hmm. Air allows you to exist. Air allows you to breathe. Air protects us from the extreme heat and cold. Air allows life to exist on the earth. You can live one month without food, one week without water, but only 10 minutes without air. The the firmament or the atmosphere or the air allows you to enjoy the beautiful sky. Think about that. If there was no sky, it would always be black. Did you know that air has weight? Anything with mass has weight. We know air has mass because we can feel it when it blows. The atmosphere weight is 14.7 pounds per square inch at sea level. Think about this. When you suck on a straw to drink that milkshake from Mickey Mickey D's, when you suck on that straw, it's the weight of the air pressing down on the milk that forces it up the straw into your mouth. So next time you drink a milkshake, you need to thank God for it. Lord, hallelujah. Thank you for that milkshake. Thank God for the air. But Psalm 150 tells us in verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. You can't live and enjoy life without air. Air makes sailboats sail. Air makes kites fly. Air turns windmills. Air pumps water. If it were not for firmament or air, the world would be silent because sound would not reach your ears. The purpose of the firmament or the air was to create a space or void to separate the waters from the waters. Now, saints, listen. Let me tell you what's above your head. What's above your head? First of all, there's the atmosphere, which is the blue sky. Again, the atmosphere is a collection of gases that make the earth inhabitable. The atmosphere is the thing that keeps you from being burned to death every day. The atmosphere brings the rain to the planet. The atmosphere gets thinner and thinner as you go up. Scientists call uh, this imaginary line the Kármán line that scientists tell us 
that when you are leaving the earth's atmosphere, when you cross the Karman line, K-A-R-M-A-N, when you cross the Karman line, you need that can of air. The Karman line, the atmosphere first. And then the next zone that you enter is the troposphere. The troposphere. The troposphere is the lowest region of the atmosphere. The troposphere goes from the surface of the earth to the bottom of the stratosphere. It contains approximately 80% of the total mass of the atmosphere. That brings us into the zone of the stratosphere. In the stratosphere, that's where you'll find the ozone. The ozone is located in the stratosphere. Above the stratosphere is the mesosphere. The stratosphere and the mesosphere is known as the middle atmosphere. And then there's the ionosphere, which is the upper region of the mesosphere, and then the exosphere. Now listen, I know you do not care about what I am saying right now. I know that. But what I'm trying to help you understand and appreciate is that, listen, y'all, we serve a great and awesome and genius God who knows exactly what he's doing, who loves us, who's created an environment for us that we can live in. That's why you need a, a space suit when you go to space, because God didn't create you to live in space. He gave you the suit that you have. Whether you like your suit or not, (laughs) let the church say amen. You might not like your suit, but that's the suit you got for this atmosphere. And when you leave this atmosphere, you have to put on a new suit, a different suit. That's what I tried to tell him yesterday when I was talking about heaven at a funeral. In heaven, we get new bodies. You get a new, you get a heavenly suit. And that's probably going to be a nice suit. That's probably going to be like an Armani or something. A heavenly Armani, yes. <laughs> but God knows because we serve a great God. That's all I'm trying to tell you through that. When we serve a great and awesome God. One day, listen to this, students in one of Albert Einstein's classes were saying that they had decided that there was no God. Well, Einstein asked them how much of all the knowledge in the world they had among themselves collectively as a class. And the students discussed it for a while and decided that they had 5% of all human knowledge among themselves. Well, Einstein thought that their estimate was a little generous, but he replied, is it possible for God to exist in the 95% that you don't know? So in the beginning, there was a uniform mass. Are you listening? In the beginning, there was a uniform mass, and then God spoke. God created light, and then God separated the vapor canopy above the atmosphere, creating the greenhouse effect so that the carbon-based life could exist on the earth. And then he called the firmament air, heaven. Look at verse 7. Tells us he divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And that tells us that God put a small ocean on the earth called the sea. And then God put a big ocean over our heads in the sky. You ever thought about that? And that's what it means. He put water above and water on the earth. And when Noah's flood happened, God allowed the water above to collapse and brought about a worldwide flood. Now, listen, the Bible teaches that there are three heavens, three heavens or three layers, if you will. 
but three heavens. The first heaven, if you're taking notes, write this down, is the atmosphere. That's the firmament where the birds fly. Psalm 19, 1 through 3. The heavens declare the glory of God. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Jesus talked about the birds of heaven. So the, or the birds of the air. So the first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is outer space. This is the place of James T. Kirk's final frontier. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. I wanted to say that all my life. (laughs) Space. The second heaven is the night sky, is the stars, is the planet. And in the third heaven, write this down. This is where God lives. Somebody say amen. This is the heaven of heavens. This is the place where God dwells in his fullness. This is the place where Paul was caught up to and couldn't explain the things that he saw. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 through 4. I know a man in Christ. Who, for, who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up to what, saints? The third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows how he was caught up into where? Paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Listen, many believe that this experience Paul is talking about here when he was caught up into the presence of God is if you're taking notes in your brain, taking notes, write it down. Acts chapter 14, Paul was stoned and, 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 and left for dead, thrown out of the city and left for dead. And it was at that point that many scholars agree that Paul was caught up to the third heaven where people thought that he was unconscious. Uh, some people thought that he was dead. But he was neither unconscious nor dead. He was in the presence of the Lord in heaven with God, seeing the things of God. We talked about it at the funeral yesterday, seeing the things of God and the throne of God and the streets of gold and the pearly gates and the walls of Jasper too. And the things that people, I mentioned this yesterday, the things that people fight about and kill each other over on this earth in heaven is asphalt. I'm talking about gold. People kill each other for gold on the earth. In heaven, it's nothing. It's asphalt. Around the throne of God is jewels and colors and diamonds and all kinds of things. Heaven, I honestly believe I've committed my life to this. And by the way, I celebrated my 32nd Christian birthday two days ago, three days ago. 32 years of walking with the Lord, telling people heaven is real. I believe it. You believe it? 
to clap your hands and say amen. So Paul's laying there and he says, the things I saw in heaven, there's inexpressible words. I can't put it into words. I can't, I can't tell you the things that I saw while I was in this third heaven, the presence of God. I think of Psalm 8, 3 through 4. And David, the sweet psalmist David writes, when I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? David is standing there amazed, thinking about the frailty of man and asking the question, what is man to such an awesome God? Human reasoning would say nothing. But in God's mind, man is the object of his love. God's love for creation was such that in the beginning, before the beginning, God had a plan to fulfill the eternal purpose. First Peter chapter 1, verse 20 tells us he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for us. Before the beginning, Jesus was foreordained before the foundation of the world to come to the world and to offer himself for the sins of the people. In the beginning, before the beginning, eternal life was promised. Write it down. First Titus chapter 1, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. In the beginning, before the beginning, the cross was in God's plan. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Did you know? The mystery of the gospel, the cross, was foreordained before the ages. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. In the beginning, before the beginning, grace was given to us. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us. In Christ Jesus, before time began, in the beginning, before the beginning, believers in Jesus were chosen. Say amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blemish before him in love. In the beginning, before the beginning, Job chapter 38, verse 7, tells us, at some time before the beginning, God created the angels because they witnessed the creation of the heavens and the earth. Think about that. Not only do we have an awesome God who created an awesome universe, but it's the same awesome God who created man. Now, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, and we'll get to when God created man in a couple of months. But, <laughs> but just think about the creation of man for a moment. The human DNA, it functions like language. One single cell in the body, and we'll talk about it more. One single cell in the body is the blueprint for the construction and the function of the entire body. Fascinating when you look at the complexity of man. And you mean, you want me to believe that all of this came about as a result of an explosion? The details and the complexity of man. And wasn't it David who said in Psalm 139, he, in, in verse 14, he said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows right well. Look, you are just like God created you. That's 
And what I think the world is trying to do is trying to tell you Satan is subtle. And what the world is trying to do is tell you you're not good enough. So plastic surgeons are making a gazillion dollars, a gazillion billion trillion wazillion. That's more than anybody can ever count in ever in life and Tell you you're not good enough and you don't look good enough. And so plastic surgeons and you, if you notice, it's like you watch, if you watch TV at all and you see, it's like, especially if you go to California and I, I speak all over the place. So I'm out there quite a bit. Nobody hasn't had plastic. Plastic surgery is common. It's as common as going to 7-Eleven for a poor boy sandwich. It's common. Everybody got plastic surgery, and some people look like they don't even know what they, who, nobody knows what they look <laughs> Why? 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 Because Satan is causing people to believe that they are not fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you like God made you. You are you. You do you. Can't nobody do you but you. I'm trying to help you, but listen. Can't nobody help you. You can't nobody do you but you. You do you. Don't let no boy tell you you ain't good enough. If you ain't good enough for him, you're good enough for somebody else. And vice versa. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, David says, and that my soul knows right well. In other words, can't nobody tell me Anything different because we serve a great God. Psalm 14 says the fool has said in his heart, there is no what? God. Y'all follow me on Facebook? Then you know this. Abraham Lincoln said this. I never behold the heavens filled with stars that I do not feel I'm looking into the face of God. I can see how it is possible. It might be possible for a man to look down on the earth and be an atheist. But I cannot conceive how he could look up into the heavens and say there is no God. We serve a great and awesome and powerful, gracious, loving, majestic, long-suffering, good God who loves you. Listen, take this away, day two. Day two, take this away. God loves you. And God cares about you. And whatever you're going through, listen, again, if you can believe Genesis 1-1, then nothing else should be a problem. Whatever your problem is, how big is your God? You know, I've heard people say, well, there's nothing too hard for God. Well, I say, listen, there's nothing even hard for God. There's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing even hard for him. Because he's God. Whatever you're facing, whatever the problems, what are you going through? Your problems are only as big as your God. I like to put it this way. I got a slide for you. Look at it like this. Compare two ways to handle any problem. Compare the size of your problem with the size of your God. Uh huh. Or compare the size of your problem with the size of your God. Right? Your problems are only as big as your understanding of God. 
And what I'm trying to help you do, I'm coming in for a landing. Y'all go get your chicken sandwich, all right? <laughs> what I'm trying to do is help you to understand that we serve a really big God. Therefore, your problems are really small. I don't care what it is. It's really small because God is really big. You see, now, if in your eyes your God is really small, well, then your problem is really big. And you got an eye problem. And you need to get seen. (laughs) Because God loves you so much. In the beginning, before the beginning, you were created. You were in God's mind. You were in God's thoughts. In the beginning, before the beginning, God had plans and worked out your salvation. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.